Hello everyone, I'm Hannah Marker, tax expert from Tiger CPA firm. Welcome to this week's episode of Tiger Talk. Today we'll be discussing President Trump's newly released 2016 tax return. Alongside me today are tax experts Sierra McWhorter and Nick Ranta. As you all know, with the upcoming election, the release of President Trump's tax return has caused an uproar in the media world. We hope today to provide some insight to rumors that are swirling around the news. What is properly known as the Trump Organization is in fact a collection of more than 500 entities. Yes, you heard that right, 500 entities. Virtually all of them wholly owned by Mr. Trump are um, also carrying his name. For example, 105 of them are a variation of the name Trump, which he uses for licensing deals. This includes Trump hotels that have locations in New York, Las Vegas, Chicago, and more. He also owns several golf courses, such as Trump National Golf Course in Los Angeles, to name just one. President Trump's net income from his fame, his 50% share of The Apprentice, together with the riches showered upon him by the scores of suitors paying to use his name, totaled $427.4 million through 2018, a further $176.5 million in profit came to him through his investment in two highly successful office buildings. So Nick, how did he escape nearly all taxes on that fortune? Well, thank you, Hannah, for having me on the show. I'm going to take you guys to a quote that Trump said during his presidential debate in 2016, stating, how he loves depreciation. Direct quote, uh, I love depreciation. Now I'm gonna talk about how depreciation and how 1031 exchange from the IRC uh, subsection 1031 can show you how you can avoid any gains on sales of property. So first question, what is depreciation and why is it important to a 1031 exchange? As we all know, depreciation is the percentage of cost of an investment property that is written off every year recognizing the effects of wear and tear. When a property, however, is sold, capital gain taxes are calculated based on the property's net adjusted basis, which reflects the property's original purchase price plus capital improvements minus depreciation. However, well, what some of you may not know, that is if a property sells for more than its appreciated value, you may have to recapture that depreciation. This means that amount of depreciation will be included in your taxable income from the sale of property. And this is normally what happens when people buy and sell property. However, since the size of this depreciation recapture only increases with time, as we all know depreciation continues year after year, this depreciation recapture only increases. This is why many people are motivated to engage into a 1031 exchange to avoid the often large increase in taxable income that would be recognized from the sale of property. Before I go any further, the first thing you want to know is that when you do sell property, you want to make sure never to touch the cash. In a 1031 exchange, there's items called qualified intermediaries, which basically acts as almost a trust, which basically holds the money so the person who sells the property is never the one touching the cash. If you ever touch the cash, that is what is called as boot and all the income that you do touch will be uh, classified as taxable income. Now that we've discussed that, the next thing to go is what is a like-kind property? A like-kind of property is defined 
as a property that shares the same nature or characteristics, not its quality or grade. This means that there's a broad range of exchangeable real properties. For example, vacant land, commercial buildings, industrial properties, to name a few. Some things to note is you can't exchange real property for artwork since does not meet the definition of a like kind. Another thing to know is a property must be held for investment, not for resale or personal use, and has to be classified as long-term, usually a year and a day, but if there's common ownership, usually needs to be stretched out for over two years. The next thing, to receive the full benefit of a 1031 exchange, your replacement property should be of equal or greater value. Since if the property you're exchanging has a lesser value, you will have to recognize boot and that portion will be classified as taxable income. The next thing you have to do is you have to identify a replacement property for the asset sold within 45 days and then conclude the exchange within 180 days using your qualified intermediary. Again, make sure when you sell the property, you never touch the cash and make sure you have a qualified intermediary to hold the cash because a cash you touch will be considered taxable income. Nick made some great points about the gains related to the tax return. And to go forward from there, I'll be discussing section 172, NOL carry forward and business losses. Net operating losses are deductions that are greater than income. In 2016, the rule for NOL carry forward is that you can carry forward 100% of losses for 20 taxable years and carry back losses for two taxable years if created before 2018. The rule for NOLs created after 2017 is that there are no carry backs and that they carry forward indefinitely, offsetting 80% of taxable income as found in section 172. So in the case of President Trump, one of the reasons he paid $750 in federal income taxes is because as a developer, he was allowed to deduct 100% of his NOL carry forwards. This tax law was administrated under the Obama administration. Once President Trump got into office, he changed that tax law to make it for 80% of NOL carry forwards and no carry backs. Three pages of his 1995 return, mailed secretly to the Times during the 2016 campaign, showed that Mr. Trump had declared losses of $915.7 million, giving a tax deduction that could have allowed him to avoid federal income taxes for almost two decades. Also from the New York Times, in fact, those public filings offer a distorted picture of his financial state. Since they simply report revenue, not profit, in 2018, for example, President Trump announced um, to his disclosure that he made at least 434 0.9 million, this tax record delivered a very different portrait of his bottom line of 47.4 million in losses. Business losses can work like a tax avoidant coupon. A dollar lost on one business reduces a dollar of taxable income from elsewhere. This type and amount of income that can be used in a given year vary, depending on owner's tax status but some losses can be saved for later use 
or even used to request a refund on taxes paid in prior years. So even though he was able to carry forward the losses under code section 55, it states he was still required to pay the alternative minimum tax. President Trump was periodically required to pay parallel income tax called the alternative minimum tax, created as a tripwire to prevent wealthy people from using a huge deductions, including business losses, to entirely wipe out their tax liabilities. President Trump paid alternative minimum tax in seven years between 2000 and 2017, a total of $24.3 million, excluding refunds he received after filing. For 2015, he paid $641,931, his first payment of any federal income tax since 2010. So in contrary to what has been reported over the last week, President Trump in fact paid more than $750 in federal taxes. As you heard during our discussion, there were several reasons President Trump spent less than you would expect on his federal tax return. However, he did pay more than $750 due to the alternative minimum tax. I just wanted to thank you guys, Nick and Sierra, for joining me today. Thanks, Hannah, for having me on the show. I really appreciate the time to be able to talk to all of you about depreciation recapture and the impact of 1031 exchanges. The info provided is a brief, impact, and non-exhaustive list. I'd recommend each one of you to reach out to Tiger CPAs or your tax advisor for any additional questions. As always, great talking to you all. It was our pleasure. If you all have any questions on NOL Carry Forward and the alternative minimum tax, or just want to dive deeper into the subject, feel free to reach out to us via email. Thanks again, Hannah, for having us on the show today. No problem. I enjoyed y'all's company. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and tune in next week to hear all about the second round stimulus payment proposal. My email is tigercpas at gmail.com and as always, War Eagle. <laughs>